0: KYW original podcasts. For more stories about the coronavirus pandemic in Philadelphia, subscribe to KYW In-Depth on the radio.com app or wherever you listen to podcasts. The
1: coronavirus pandemic from KYW In-Depth.
0: I'm Tom Rickert. Abby Newman is the CEO of Mission Kids Child Advocacy Center.
2: Mission Kids is the nationally accredited child advocacy center in Montgomery County. And what we do is that we facilitate the investigation of child sexual abuse, severe physical abuse, and witnesses, child witnesses to violence for Montgomery County with the Montgomery County District Attorney's Office, the Montgomery County Office of Youth, and the 50 police departments in Montgomery County. We are a nonprofit. we are not an arm of any of those organizations, but we are neutral and what we want to do is to help children in their own way, tell their own story in a neutral, child-friendly setting so that they can move on to healing and justice faster.
0: Jim Melward is the Suburban Bureau Chief for KYW News Radio. He called Abby Newman to get a handle on how the stay-at-home orders and the COVID-19 pandemic are affecting kids in vulnerable situations. Here's Jim and Abby
1: what are the primary concerns in a time like this both with the the economic concerns and also uh, with the the stay-at-home orders and 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 quarantining
2: the problem is that there, there are several problems that are just converging at this point in time so you have a lot of economic stress a lot of people have been laid off for their jobs now on top of that typical economic stress that can happen when the economy has a downturn you have kids that are no longer allowed to even go to school and keep their daily routine. So you have kids and children that are all under stay-at-home orders in their house. Nobody has their natural stress releases. Kids are not out going to school. They don't have their routine. Parents don't have their routine. In addition to trying to do their own jobs from home, if somebody hasn't been laid off, now these parents are additionally told that they need to be homeschooling their kids on top of it. So there's such enormous pressure within that household and within that family from all different angles at this point in time with a lot of difficulty in finding releases for those tra- for those pressures stress then rises and that can h- lead to child abuse.
1: And and that leads me to think of not only the potential abuse but it's behind closed doors now and and the the increased Chance that that no one's going to know it's happening. At least, you know, where teachers might have seen it or coaches or something. Now, you know, so you you tell me if that's the logical next step or or where you. That is
2: exactly that's exactly the next step. So we know that um, Childline, which is the state hotline to report any kind of child abuse, um, gets twenty to thirty of their reports annually from teachers and people in the school system. Well, kids are no longer under those second set of watchful eyes. So the reports to Childline have drastically fallen off. Um, I think they went down by something like from 4,000 to 3,000, something in that general ballpark from February to March. Um, So they really fell off. And that's because the kids are not in school with, with the teachers and with their fellow students and with other people that are in the school that are looking out after them. If a child is abused at school by somebody in a school setting or somebody outside of the home, Right now, they're actually in a safer place because they are being kept away from their abuser. But the problem is for a child sexual abuse case, what if the child is locked in the home with their abuser? They have no place to get out, they have no way to get out, and they don't have additional eyes on them on a regular basis. In terms of child physical abuse, we know that in times of increased stress within the family that that's when child physical abuse rises. So for the physical abuse cases, you have... These kids locked in a home with all of this additional stress, and again, nobody to have an additional set of eyes on them that might be able to help them.
1: What needs to be, or, or what can we do? What, what what should be happening? What can happen? How is there any way to to try to help this?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, first of all, legally, everybody is not a mandated reporter. There are a specific set of people in Pennsylvania who are mandated reporters. And, and it's pretty logical who they are. Anybody that comes back comes in contact with kids on a regular basis. So teachers, doctors, nurses, et cetera, are mandated reporters. Right now, everybody needs to think of themselves as a mandated reporter. So if you are next door to a family and you hear something or you see something, that really kind of makes you think, I wonder if that child is safe What is going on over there? I'm concerned. Because kids are still out in the backyard. You'll see them in the streets, even with social distancing. People go for walks. There's social distancing going on. People still have eyes. They just need to really use them more at this point. And everybody needs to consider themselves a mandated reporter. If you think that you are seeing something, call the state child line hotline. The other thing that can be done is that while parents are locked in at this time in their home with their kids, it's a good time to use all of this extra enforced time to really spend time talking to your kids about things like personal safety and cyber safety because the child predators are still online. That's another kind of child sexual abuse that can be groomed and started within that home even with the parents there. Parents are busy, they're under stress, they're trying to do their work at home, or they may be essential workers that are out of the house and their kids are left home alone more now with a computer and with the Internet. Cyberstalkers are still out there. They're still posing as kids, trying to get kids to listen to them, maybe starting the grooming process leading up to asking them to send suggestive pictures leading to more pictures and maybe luring them outside of the home to meet with them. So it is a really, really good time to spend time with your child and reinforce those lessons or start talking about them from the beginning and making absolutely sure that your child knows never, ever, ever, under any circumstances to engage or speak with anybody online who they do not know in person because a trick, a deception of child predators online is that they pose of kids your child's age or as a teenager it might be posing as an older boy showing interest in a teenage girl they're deceptive and that's what they do really good time for parents to interface with their kids that way
1: I you know I have a six year old who's on a Nintendo Switch that I know is locked down that she can't chat and I still good you know she's she's playing games where like there there's interaction with other characters mm-hmm. in the game and I'm like wait a second what's that right and, right but it's if have... uh, yeah and, and and so yeah, yeah and she's a six year old I, I can only imagine when they get a little more crafty you know eight nine ten eleven right. are, 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 what resources do you recommend for people who 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 want to who maybe aren't tech savvy but want to want to look into that.
2: There's all kinds of online resources for help with that. And if you go and you look online, there are resources on the Mission Kids website. We have resources in that regard and where to go. This is also a good time to check out online webinar resources that can help and can educate. Um, On the Mission Kids website, we do prevention education training specifically to parents and other groups. And especially in this time when we can't be doing as much physical presence in the office, we are ramping up and giving more of those trainings and webinars to try to help parents and communities and teachers understand what's out there and ways to help kids. So what I was gonna, one of the things to do, I was going to talk a little bit about decreasing stress in the home and how you do that. And one way is to make sure again with the internet and with all this technology that your kids have virtual play dates with kids other kids that they know, all right, and that they talk. So you would be setting it up for your six-year-old. Teenagers are probably going to be doing this on their own. But it's really good for connections, and parents should be doing that, I think, as well, with their friends and with parents of their kids' friends so that they can keep a better idea, get a better idea of what's going on with everybody. Well, with that, the Attorney General's Office, Pennsylvania has, uh, the Pennsylvania Attorney General's Office, has a specific online report. It's called safe to say safe F E two. Saypa.org, And kids can help other kids by reporting online if they think that there's a problem with one of their friends at home. They can report suspected abuse. And that's really helpful to get out there because, let's face it, kids all have their own communication system with each other that adults have no part of. And often kids know when something is happening to one of their friends that an adult may not know. This gives kids a really easy way to help their friends without ever leaving their home. And, of course, there's also an 800 number that goes with that as well. Um, it's 844-SAF-2-SAY, 844-SAFE-TO-SAY.
1: And, and I'm guessing, correct me if I'm wrong, that, that both Childline and Safe-TO-SAY are can be anonymous?
2: Yes, absolutely. Okay. And the other place that can be reported to you as well, and also has um, a lot of information on it, is the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. They also have a cyber tip line, and so if you, if anyone of any age thinks that there is a uh, exploitation going on online, that's a place to call. I mean, as we start getting more down in, in the nitty gritty of this subject, I don't know how far you want to go, but there are real concerns that at the moment that if a child is locked in a house with a sexual predator, and that can often be, sadly, one of their relatives. We know that 50% of the time, in terms of child sexual abuse, the abuser is a relative of the child. If the child is locked in a home with that relative, during this time of stay-at-home orders and lockdowns, um, sex buyers may be becoming a little bit more cautious just in terms of who they're interacting with. And so there's a real concern that child pornography, online child pornography, is going to be increasing during this time. So that's another reason to really, you know, talk to your kids about what can happen and also to make sure that everybody acts as a mandated reporter. Everybody kind of tries to keep a virtual eye on everybody else.
1: One thing that that I see from a distance in in the, you know, the, the high-profile cases, Jerry Sandusky, the priests and everything, is everything Mm -hmm. seems so obvious when you put it all together. But, you know, Mm -hmm. I would never think the neighbors who Mm -hmm. live next door to me would ever be doing anything. So when you say, use your eyes, use your ears, what are some of the things that we could be looking for and what are some of the things that we shouldn't overlook, assuming like, nah, that would never happen here?
2: The thing is, is that unless you're a child predator, unless you're a pedophile, you can't imagine that somebody else is doing these horrific acts to a child. And so that's what child abusers use to their advantage. And so they groom not only the child, but they groom neighbors and an entire community. If I believe though that adults will often have kind of like a feeling in their gut, but they're afraid to say something because what usually will come to their mind, what often will come to their mind is, what am I going to do to that adult? How am I going to harm their, their public persona? Uh, if I call Childline and report them. I could ruin their lives. And what I ask people to do is flip that around and think, if I have a feeling in the pit of my stomach and I think something's going on, what am I doing and how am I ruining that child's life if I do not report this? We have a justice system. We have a Department of Human Services. Children are not just whisked out from a home. Their cases are investigated. Mission Kids and all of the other child advocacy centers in the Delaware Valley, are open for emergency cases, and we are going to get up and running in the immediate future. Actually, teleforensic interviewing, so that we can talk with these kids who are potential victims of abuse um, online as well, so that we can imme- we can continue our services to them if a report is made.
1: And I, I don't know if this is your sphere; um, it may or may mm-hmm. not be. But um, what if there's there's someone in a house who is there's abuse happening, but there's another person in the house you know a spouse, whatever mm-hmm. who wants to do something but can't and is scared about you know not having mm-hmm. a place to go um, yep. what resources what, what can they do
2: yeah, that's a real fear as well because we also know that in times of economic hardship that domestic violence rises as well. And we know that on even an everyday basis, sadly, that there are children trapped in homes where domestic violence is occurring. And vice versa, you may have parents who are victims of their own abuse that do not call when their child is being abused. Even in this time, though, Laurel House, which is the uh, nonprofit in the county that has a shelter for victims of domestic violence, they are open, they are operational, they are running. And they're a terrific resource, and we work with them, and we collaborate with them on a regular basis. We share office space with Laurel House, and so if there is a victim in a home with domestic violence, and there is a child that is being abused in that home, if you call one and there's a need, we will definitely refer you to the other.
1: So those resources, even though you know a lot of businesses are closed down, a lot of a lot of places aren't operating, they they can still yes get help that or, or yes. you know do what they need to do.
2: Yes.
1: You know, just, just to kind of wrap everything up, I, I guess the, one of the keys here is since we don't have the trained mandatory reporter that everyone just needs to, 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 to be, uh, as you put it, using their, their eyes and ears and, and, mm-hmm. and trusting that, that feeling in their gut, right, just to kind of mm-hmm. to, to wrap everything up, just
2: mm-hmm.
1: to make sure that everyone's paying attention.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Follow that gut, follow your instincts, and just think, not If you're making a call and your gut is wrong, you're not harming the adult who you think might be abusing a child. However, if you don't follow your gut and you don't make that call and your gut is correct, I guarantee you, you are harming that child for whom you're not making a call.
0: That's it for this episode of KYW In-Depth Coronavirus. If you want to listen to more stories about the coronavirus pandemic here in the Philadelphia area, or if you just want to know how the news that you see on TV or hear on the radio will affect you personally, then subscribe to the KYW In-Depth podcast. Just search for KYW In-Depth on the Radio.com app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Tom Rickert, and we'll have another episode out soon.